0: The following podcast is a Rotten Corpse Radio production.
1: To the side files we have with us today, myself being Axel, my wife Heather, and our producer Ryan, who is currently being visited by the cat known as Tabitha.
2: So, if you occasionally hear the meow, it's from her.
1: Yep, That's and our is. other cat is ignoring them with entirely too much indifference. Um, so I guess I gotta bring it up first, um, the science world is saddened by the loss of Stephen Hawking, and, um, yeah, you know, I don't know anything about the guy other than that he was a physicist.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there is a lot about him, you know, kind of a classic
1: story of lost the use of his entire body. Yeah, I still really... In fact, it wasn't until the article about his death came out that I found out he was British, so... Yeah. I... <laughs> but... <laughs> other than he was a brilliant physicist, that's what I knew about him. Oh, and he's been on the Big Bang Theory a couple of times. So, that's what I knew about Stephen Hawking. Um, you no,
0: know, he was really good at hiding his accent, I
1: think. I, I think so, too. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I never... Yeah, I would yeah i I couldn't even i was going to try and imitate it but i couldn't even begin to to imitate something like uh like that like a computer voice with a british accent that would be just kind of too funny
2: well and with him being paralyzed it probably did affect him a little bit speech-wise oh yeah
1: he had to use a mechanical device to talk he was it was a computerized voice that talked for him
0: yeah and it was um you knew less about him than i did and the whole and the apparatus itself was was completely controlled by his eyes. Oh, was it? Yeah,
1: I didn't even know that.
0: He was actually, it? yeah, he he actually um, a lot of it was from I think it was uh, mostly like uh, the way you move the eyes, the way you blink, um, stuff like that. It just kind of tracks your movement and allows you to visually pick words. Pick the words yeah. out. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's pretty. I knew that stuff. That kind of thing existed. I just didn't know that that's what he used.
0: Yeah, um, and the fact that it was developed for him,
1: you know, and... Yeah,
2: unfortunately, my scent on Steve Hoggins is what, what I've seen in big, thi- big, big theory. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know anything about him other than he's a physician. Uh, uh, that word that I can't pronounce at the moment.
1: Psychicist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, um, so goodbye, good luck, and if you can send back a message telling us what the truth really is, do so soon, because this planet could use a dose of, dose of truth. Of more interest to me, actually, is something that I saw in the news just recently. Um, and again, it's the UK. Way to go, UK. You had Stephen Hawking's. Now you have crystal data disks. Um, these things are amazing. Uh, a UK company developed Uh, a way to record in, like, a... I guess what's called a five-dimensional recording method Uh, information on uh, imitation crystal and glass, really, uh, and make it permanent. And it'll last for, like, uh, one of the news stories uh, that I have up says 13.8 billion years. Okay. And, I mean, this is kind of a
0: science fiction coming to life yet again. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, we've seen a lot of different devices, you know, in movies and television and stuff that have, you know, kind of shown the same kind of, uh, you know, interactivity, you know, on, like, weird clear panels and stuff. Yeah,
1: data, data crystals, I mean, the original, uh, the Superman with Christopher Reeves, yeah. and that whole thing was just a big crystal yeah. that, you know, uh, grew the, <laughs> yeah. the Fortress of Solitude. I mean, crystal technology, but this is actually, uh, honest to goodness, crystal technology, like Babylon 5, they had the little data crystals that they yeah. plug in. This is, you know, soon you're going to have, you know, a crystal disk drive, which I think is going to be really cool. And the amazing thing about this recording method, and on a one inch or one quarter inch disk, yeah, they can store... Three hundred and sixty terabytes of data. That's just insane. It's a lot. I mean,
0: first off, no regular end user will ever ever need that. No, I can't see that. You know? But what this opens the door for is what now? How computer? How? I mean, how we interact with computers is irrelevant now. Now, how are computers able to? interact with us you know like what level of computer can we get out of using something like this as it's you know core drive
1: yeah i mean you could have an incorruptible operating system on this thing <laughs> um that would load into the system and i mean and Matt, i mean i mean the first thing that came to my mind was a crystal disk drive on an optical computer i mean uh, uh, a system that doesn't run on circuit boards it's all optical which they have now and the processing speed and power on these machines is just fantastic. Add a crystal storage, crystal data, crystal storage system to it, and I think that's the closest an end user would get to what we now call a quantum computer. Yeah. Um, an end user now, uh, maybe, you know, 10, 20 years in the future, quantum computers will be sold at Radio Shack, but <laughs> for now, and, and, and it's, just, it's
0: just awesome. And how, the, how you can get this to interact with different types of systems. I, I want to think that this will, you know, if they're able to do this with just a storage drive. Yeah. I mean, imagine what you're able to do with, like, you know, like a mother, you know, like a, a full system,
1: you know. Can't, could you just put the whole system on it? I mean, well, that was, was the thing. Because, like, in, OS everything, just kind of. That was the thing. In the in the 90s, it was, uh, it, late 80s, early 90s was the big, I, I like to call it the the... The computer triumvirate war, which wasn't really a war and it wasn't competition, but it was. uh, Programmers, and users wanted functionality that, due to space limitations, memory limitations, and processing power, were not uh, accessible except in the most high end and, you know, like RAID array processing power yeah. i i want to see
0: what i want to see in the near future because who knows what the cost of something like this is going to be
1: yeah well um,
0: they developed it and yeah i mean is this you know is this technology only going to be used by the highest of high end thing or is it i mean because yeah. or how long in our lifetime will it be before something like this is affordable on the consumer level and then on top of that or, or how are we able to, you know, make this usable on like a holographic system, complete hologram? Well, system. that would be yeah, a holographic system would be
1: awesome to have a, I, to, to I have actually, a completely portable computer, you know, like on your wrist. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I can honestly say I would I could say within five years we'll see it in production. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can call the Russians or well the Chinese now can call themselves communists and not driven by the capitalist uh, economics, but yeah. you know they are, and you know the world runs on money. And this will, in the consumer market, generate so much money yeah. that it will be out there soon, so that they can continue developing it. I mean, right now it's just write once and done is yeah. what's on the uh, the disk. But mm-hmm. once they can make it read writable
0: yeah,
1: and it it's going to be. I mean, next level up there, when you can, you know, basic. And, and I imagine that's going to take a few years to get it developed, because yeah, I mean, you're you're putting. I mean, and that's the way CDs were at first was yeah. just writable. You could not rewrite them <clears throat> after, but now there's a process that you can erase a CD and then write over it. So I imagine that eventually this will the same thing will occur.
0: And I kind of wonder, too, I mean, you know, how would this affect, like, the, you know, like, the consumer market as far as, like, you know, like, software, or, like, disk-based anything, you know, like, you'll have, like, I mean, Blu-rays, everything that we know, and, like, 4K, all that bullshit, all that will probably just go away, and we'll just go to a a pure streaming market at at that
1: point. Yeah, well, the one thing that I can envision with this kind of capability, the storage capability, Mm -hmm. is a little one-inch disk or card or something that you just plug into a system, and you've brought your whole computer with you, and all you need is the framework to plug it into. And no matter wherever you go, you'll have a computer you can plug into, and you have everything from, you know, your home. The tower, laptops, that'll all kind of become... Disappear. Well, no, I see the frame still being there. Like, you'll still have a laptop box with a monitor and everything, but you won't have a hard drive in it. You won't have memory in it. You'll just have this card you plug in, and boom, you've got your computer.
2: Actually, I was more thinking of just now how cool it would be, and I can't remember. I think I, I know I've seen it in a couple movies and shows. That dealt with crystals, and I could definitely imagine having, like, kind of like a monitor, but mainly just crystals. Yeah. Formation, and then you push a crystal, and maybe some holographic things will pop up for you. Yeah, and, and I
0: was yep. I was thinking pure holo you know, like holographic technology, like their like I'm, my,
2: my reports. Well,
0: yeah, and another sh- a TV show that kind of did it in the past X amount of years was Park and Rec. Mm-hmm. They showed like a future Pawnee in their town, and they all had these like cell phones that were essentially just cleared plates that they just tapped on, and a holographic mm-hmm. your holographic image came up. Uh, you were talking to somebody in real time in visual, you know, yeah. and 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 that was just something they kind of thought about. This could be our future in ten years, you know, from the time they ended the series, which they ended the series like some, like, pretty much now. Like, I think it's, like, 2020 is when they actually ended the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of slightly
2: uh, off topic, but just because you kind of reminded me, was I love watching sitcoms, especially between the 80s and 2000s. Yeah. Because it's really fun watching the technology grow. Oh, from yeah. From where they had no cell phones to, oh, now I have a cell phone, and it's all about that.
0: I think the funniest for me is, like, um, and I was, I'm was i reminded of this when I go to work because uh, one of the clients I work with actually is always doing, he's always kind of doing something and, you know, watching some kind of television program on some throwback channel, you know, like Comet or something like that, and he actually has been recently watching Small Wonder on a regular, and when I think back to Small Wonder, it always makes me laugh, because I was, like, obsessed with the robot girl, Vicky, because I was that age when that show came out, so... To me, it was kind of like, "Oh, this cute girl is a robot. I want a robot girl now," and that was like my whole thing. Every guy
1: wants a robot girl. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, they I, they want a robot sex doll girl, is what.
0: They yeah, want. kind of like a la Blade Runner. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they want. I just fuck it, you know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you know, what? And see, that's going to be one of those. I just people. want a hologram girl. No. See, I, thought, I don't need to touch her. <laughs> you, get, you get the, you get the, you, you'll be touching yourself. You want, to, <laughs> you want the, the robot sex doll girl that has a lifelike look and a lifelike feel. That's going to be the end of the human race because men are not going to want to get married to the women that are actually going to nag at them and try and push them to be better. They're just going to go out and get the robot sex doll, who they can program and tell them what to do. To clean their house do their dishes and then you know well it's time for bedroom yeah (laughs) so they won't get married anymore and women will be like okay we're gonna go to the uh battery operated boyfriend factory well i mean they do have all that saved up sperm you know Uh, that's true yeah but that's a (laughs) finite resource (laughs) Well, cloning may be more uh, you know yeah cloning well hey no right now we can clone a human being. It is possible. Yeah. It just takes 18 years for that clone to be an adult. But yeah. we can clone an adult. But to be able to just make full clones, like, you know...
0: like And they should... Like, I know you guys haven't seen the series yet, but they show they show this in Altered Carbon. Um, yeah, I want to watch that one. Yeah, there's the... And this is the only brief I'll give you. It's not a spoiler in any way, but... Um, where they have, or this one person has, like, just a mass amount of clones of herself. Just, so Orphan Black. So she can just keep coming back. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Orphan Black, yeah. The Orphan Black's a really good really good example, but that's that's kind of more of the, you know, it's been going on since the 70s kind of cloning. you know. Yeah. Stuff, it's it's more like,
1: it's more possible, you know, or, yeah. or plausible. I guess. And uh, what was it? What Which one of the Resident Evil episodes where... Yeah. Where Alice gets, well, finds all the clones of herself. I think that was three. Was that three? And she releases yeah. them and uses them like an army? And then, then four. the last yeah.
2: one for... Sorry for any spoilers if you have not seen the last one, which should have been since it's probably been over a year now, was she finds out that she is a clone herself.
1: Yeah, I think that... Yeah, and she's a clone of the daughter right. of the original creators. or something oh, wow. like that. Yeah, yes. so, Some weird thing like that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. unfortunately, which like any movie series or tv series they did not quite connect all the dots yeah well yeah and they even
1: backtracked on what was it uh, between the last one and the one prior to that where she went to go she got her powers back and went to go save the white house and then in the new movie they just totally blew that all away wow yeah in like the first five minutes it was like yeah, um, turns out that the White House was a trap, and I had to run away, and that was the end of that part. So essentially, they're gonna turn Alice into Ripley. Yeah, <laughs> but with more
0: a more convoluted storyline.
2: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a bad storyline. No, they actually did a decent job for being a franchise. I think it's probably one of the best, better franchises than some of the ones they've come out with.
1: Hmm. Okay, but so am I- something else, Oregon. We are in trouble. I have to say this to all of our Oregon listeners. It's Always coming. The Chinese lost control of their space station. And as soon as it comes up, I'll tell you what the name of it is. Um, they lost control of their space station, and within the next two weeks, it's supposed to crash down, and Oregon is in its path. Mm. Hopefully, it just
0: falls in Crater Lake. No oh, <laughs> Or Southern Oregon, because we can live without Southern Oregon. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you probably don't have internet anyway. <laughs> well, so actually, wait.
2: <laughs> who has? Who's? Which one is the? Which one's the ducks? And the beavers?
0: Oh, yeah. um, okay. So like, uh, Oregon State would be the ducks, right? Would be the, yeah, I
2: think they're the. Be- I know beavers are the co- wait, Beavers are the college fo- football. And oh,
0: they're the, the both. Ducks they're, they're
2: both is, oh, they're
0: both. Okay. Yeah, they're both college. It's just one's for Portland State and the other one's for Oregon State. Okay,
2: so basically... Apparently my
0: page crashed. So if it hits Eugene... (laughs) 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 I have a friend in Eugene, so hopefully it doesn't hit Eugene. But if it does, uh, Talia, get the hell out of there. You don't want to be there. Just come back to Oregon, I'm sure you're... Or or come back to Portland, I'm sure you'll
2: be fine. I guess for those who want to get rid of someone, you know, you could just tell them to take a trip up there. Hey, yeah, see, this is... is
1: a great, na- great <laughs> new vacation spot I heard about just over here. And go within the next two weeks and stay for about a week. Yeah, yeah see, a lot of my enemies are moving close to my house. I don't
0: know. I, could, I only have one enemy, but... I apparently
1: have one now, and <laughs> I didn't even know it. Um, it was called the Tian Gong 1 space station. And it will make an uncontrolled re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere on April 1st, 2018. April Fool's Day! Oh, Lovely! On Easter? Yeah. Easter
2: and April Fool's Day together. Easter and That's April why. Fool's Day together. Yeah. There you
1: go. Zombie so Jesus the question there. is,
2: is this considered an April Fool's joke or just really bad
1: timing? And this comes from the Aerospace Corporation of El Segundo, California. Uh, and oh it, figures, those Californians trying
0: fuck yeah. with us again.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, that all right.
2: Ship up here and take all
1: over so Portland. what they're saying is that it's expected, expected, will crash between 43 degrees north and 43 degrees south, um, which apparently is that's and that's where they're calculating the debris field. Mm-hmm and uh and to, to have this for a reference for oregon um roseburg sits at 43.2 degrees north and medford at 42.3 degrees north so okay, cool. that's within the reentry window so i don't know anybody there so yeah sorry. yeah <laughs> um.
2: oh your dad baby
1: Sorry. No, uh, debris is more likely to land in regions towards the extreme of that ring, which includes southern Oregon and all of California. Maybe they'll knock it into the ocean. Ah, <laughs> oh. maybe there this is
2: why the ha- our half goes into the ocean because it's the satellite.
1: <laughs> uh, here's another warning: hydrazine, a highly toxic, corrosive substance, may survive reentry on pieces of the space de- debris. Hmm. So if you get space debris, don't touch it. Don't touch it. And if you do touch it, make sure you get a good lawyer to sue the government.
2: And get a good costume, because this might be your debut as a superhero slash villain. Yeah,
1: there you go. Mutations. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Make sure you're wearing something (laughs) cool. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. somebody's going to end up as Venom, man. Because that was a space-born symbiote. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why the Chinese lost control of the space station. Hmm, Hmm. that's going to make me think now.
2: Well, we Hmm. are... uh... If I'm not mistaken, we are in complete debt with, and I think we're.
1: Kind uh, the of United States, okay. The United States a, is in debt with every major financial yes. power of the world. The other side of that is every major financial power of the world is in debt to the United States. there's kind of um, a balancing act here.
2: I guess we could also say everybody's <laughs> pissed off with Trump one way or another. So it wouldn't. Ooh. So I wouldn't really, you know. Whatever the word I'm thinking of, uh, make the long shot of them trying to, you know, do a nine one one kind of thing, only without less. Uh, sorry, my train of thought has disappeared.
1: That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so there's the the uh, national service warning for Oregon from the Sci Files about possible space debris landing in your backyard. <laughs> but hey. Just remember, when Skylab fell in the uh, late 70s, the people that actually found pieces of it in their backyards, because there were a couple, made banks selling it back to the government. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind.
2: Just make sure to wear gloves. Just don't get hit by it. Radioactive uh, gear.
1: Speaking of stuff in space, I have to talk about something else that I saw. So, and I have, I have a really, really logical, realistic opinion about this subject, and that was, there was an article just this uh, week, on March 20th, that we all know that the Trappist planets were discovered, and that the spaceborne telescopes up there, like Hubble and whatnot, yeah. uh, scientists are like 99.999% sure they've discovered water. On these planets, which is the building blocks of life. And if you want a little bit more about the Trappist system
0: too, I mean, ha- head on over to our page and look up Sci-Files Mark Three because uh, we we do a bit on that um, on the
1: initial uh, impressions of what those planets could be. But so. oh, and and you know that that said, we're taking a little time away from you know it's been some time since that episode's come out, and now there's new information. that is being put out that the Trappist planets may have too much water to support life. And this makes me think that the people writing this article or scientists claiming that these planets have too much water to support life are maybe brilliant physicists, scientists, you know, telescope viewers, whatever they are, but they're idiots as far as life is concerned because too much water on a planet to my mind means a crap ton of aquatic life yeah (laughs) you know how can you say there's too much water on a planet for it to be habitable when the water itself could contain you know the trappist version of the megathreshodon yeah no shit. you and
2: know <laughs> if, if you're thinking about it as humans we have we evolve in so many different ways so if mostly if all land disappears we may eventually grow fins and become more people
1: well if you believe the conspiracy theorists where people are already in our oceans and the united states government has captured a few of them uh-huh. the u.s navy held one in a tank somewhere but I like Either the whole way. water world thing, even yeah. though I would be the fucked. the water
0: world, yeah. I would be fucked because I can't swim and I'm afraid of the water. Well, so. <laughs> I'm heavy
1: enough and fat enough that I'd float, so I'd be all right for a little while until one of those nasty beasties got hungry.
2: Um, I'll use him as a boat, so I'll just make sure to get a like, little paddle. Um,
1: so, but yeah, too much water. And when I see stories like this that, well, it, you know, life couldn't exist on this planet, and I'm thinking... Bullshit. Life as you, Mr. Scientist, or theorist, can conceptualize, may not exist on that planet. I mean, there's there's theories from way back in the 40s yeah, what if that... It's, what if it's Atlantis? Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. You know, maybe the, wa- maybe the polar ice caps melt and it grew up. I mean, we don't know the evolution of these planets, number one. Two... Too much water, to me, like I said, means aquatic life. And there is land masses on there. And why would too much water affect the land masses? I mean, if it's raining constantly, there might be mushroom people on the damn planet. I mean, people who evolved from spore. (laughs) I mean, there's, like I said, from the 40s, there was the theory about... The mushroom uh, kingdom? You know, us as carbon life carbon-based life forms evolved in a specific way, yeah. but uh, theories and even now modern-day models backing up those theories from the 40s, uh, silicon-based forms may exist. Yeah. And who knows that too much water, silicone. I mean, yeah. You can have opal people down there, because I mean, opal was just a gel in the water before it solidified and, and fossilized. So, I mean, opal people, silicon gel that... Yeah. Decided you know I'm done with this whole inert crap. I'm going to become uh, conscious and Crawl my way out of the oceans, and now you have shiny happy people like the song
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't my only thing is is we're humans We're we are designed to survive in some fashion So yes, I can perceive that a good many of us may die if we have to if there's too much water however we will find a way, even if it's just our bodies evolving into something else.
1: But that's even making my yeah. point in that it seems like these articles are defining life as we understand it, yeah. not as it possibly could be. I mean, look at yeah. the the uh, diversity of life on our planet. I mean, it is incredibly. Well, vast and diverse finding
2: stuff that are they're still still finding stuff in the ocean that
1: i mean okay
2: that uh didn't that either they didn't see before or just becoming new yeah
1: things they thought were extinct are being found and Mm -hmm. here's one of the examples of the diversity of life even on our own planet it's like um scientists have done lots of dna samplings of lots of creatures on our planet, and they can trace it all to various ancestors and whatnot. But there's one creature that they don't know where the DNA came from, and that's octopus. They have no clue where the octopus DNA came from. Maybe it rode in on an asteroid. Who knows? Maybe it came from Trappist. Maybe
2: an octopus. Maybe is staying you know. The same.
1: Maybe it came from Trappist. But I mean seriously, um, octopus. You know, octopus DNA. It's different than anything else on the planet. So.
2: Well, that, doesn't, that only just means that it has no connection. However, it could mean that the octopus had started at some point by itself.
1: A character in the original uh, uh, Road Warrior, as we called it, Mad Max 2 yeah. overseas. Um, she was in that, but her species was plant-based and plant ba- and evolved into plant-based humanoids. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, Rigel had a different uh, makeup than uh, Carbon. I want to say because of his makeup. Yeah. And so they took that kind of, you know, diversity of here's possibilities, people, and threw it into a show, I, which I, I thought was cool. I kind of like what they did in, like, um, like the series Night, Night's of
0: Sidonia. I haven't seen that yet. Um, where, basically, human life has evolved to the point where um, we do everything, basically, we, um, like, we mate and we consume energy and everything else. Just like plants, though. That
1: would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, photosynthetic photosynthetic food systems. Yeah, that would be awesome. Basically, what
0: they were stating is that yeah, because of this, we only have to eat once a week. And of course, the main character of the of the cart uh, of the anime um, is not like them. He's actually from the past, like so many uh, years in the past. So. His kind of culture shock is kind of weird and funny at the same time, but just the, just that alone, you know, the way humans have evolved in that sense, you know, it's, I mean, the possibilities in, you know, in the Trappist system are endless. Yeah, so... Because we know nothing about it, and and more or less too, I mean, could, could this really just be the writings of somebody who has complete paranoia of a new system, and...
2: It's either that or, as I said, they're just based it off of now. Yeah. You know, not the possibility. I mean, even now, like, they state Mars is inhabitable and stuff, but yet I think they found, did they've, they find it they've, possible? They like like found that?
1: water on Mars and, um, some, uh, sample testing. They may have found, uh, fossil, uh, a fossil record of bacteria hmm. so, so
2: basically really all it is is this is what we think now and probably eventually we'll cover up new things when we find it
1: and, and if you believe the pictures from Mars there are also Martian crabs on there and I mean Crab- personally. Beautiful. Personally, I, I think Earth should stay away from Mars, we don't want to catch crabs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> especially the Martian ones. All from the base on Sedonia. Yeah. Thus says Henry in the background. <laughs> um, but, uh, the source, according to this article, is Arizona State University. So, uh, it would be, uh, a science team there, I guess, would be their source, or maybe an intern, who knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that was something that when we were discussing what we were going to discuss in tonight's show, uh, a question got raised: Is is how how do we know that these planets actually have water on them, I and mean, and what what tells the telescopes like that? So I actually had to look it up, and uh, the spaceborne telescopes basically use spectrographic analysis to determine the makeup of the bodies that they detect, the, the space born mm. bodies yeah. that they detect, so ultraviolet light, infrared light, um, you know, basically across the light spectrum. And the reflection rates based on what we can quantify here on Earth are compared to what they get back from the telescopes. and. That's where they say, this reflection pattern indicates water, Hmm. basically. And that's through, like, the Hubble telescope and the other one that's up there, which is, the name is escaping me right now.
2: In theory, then, if you had a planet full of water, we probably wouldn't be able to fully know if there's a habit of life, because the water and the temperature of the water could be masking the life form inside the water. You just look for the water skis.
1: Yeah, water skis, man. (laughs) You know? So,
2: Kawasaki
1: water jets, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there
2: you go, guys. That's what science needs to do. Get, get some really cool uh, ski ability without the use of a boat.
1: Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, we're basing all of this off of... Um, we're, we're basing all of the information we get from planets on what we can compare on Earth, which... Leads back to uh, what I'm saying is like we we don't know what's out there, only what we can compare and say with a limited degree of certainty that based on what we have seen and proved before, this is most likely. yeah and so what they're saying is most likely there is water in the Trappist planets, hmm. uh, possibly again, I take issue with this, too much water to support life. So, and um, that's why the Mars rovers and samples that they're analyzing through the Mars rovers and whatnot is bringing back actually scientifically some astonishing information about uh, a supposedly uh, inert dead planet, which they now think supported life in the past. And until we get to another point where we can drop rovers on a Trappist planet, we're not going to know for certain. Yeah. And it, there's actually a movie that I saw recently that uh, I, it really drives this point home. It's called Europa. Yeah. And um, they actually send a team to the Jupiter-Moon Europa and uh, end up finding out that there is a squid-like lifeform on it that produces uh, and apparently eliminates irradi- uh, radiation, hmm. and it ends up eventually eating the crew. So mm-hmm. <laughs> check out Europa. It's actually a really good movie. They they run it like a uh, something between a uh, a documentary and a Sci-fi space drama. It's kind of a combination of the two. So it's got a real unique look to it. Looks cool. Yeah. And that's that's really all I had for the sci-files this week. All right, um, anything
0: you guys want to plug or um, upcoming uh, events or anything?
2: Well, Wizard World Comic Con is coming up. I, I Heather here, that oh, that is co-owns your Discovered, will have a booth there at the artist alley i got i won a booth uh, last year one of their contests yay me so um, you'll get to see my horrible photo online underneath heather nashiff i'll be in the artist alley and i'm sharing the booth with a really good author friend named debbie dodds but she actually does she has a book that she came out and stuff so yeah Definitely. amish guys don't call
1: <laughs> it's a really
2: cool movie or a book.
1: It's yeah, that's the name of the book, Amish Guys Don't Call. There you go, plug for you, Debbie, we'll let you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um
2: There is some movies I don't know if you want to have a good discussion with that we hopefully will be able to see to figure out if it's a movie that we can talk about. Uh, Ready Player One and the new Pacific Rim second second. Pacific sequel. Rim,
1: I'm waiting for that one. That's yeah. gonna be cool. Yeah. We'll probably do some reviews on that. Um, I know Black Panther's been out for a couple weeks. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Next episode, I'd like to talk about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to plug something that I'm doing, and I will keep you guys updated, but I'm actually filming a show now. Uh, I'm part of a, a film project, a filming project for a show called Cooking Off the Pounds which is showcasing losing weight by diet alone and how not only possible it is, how rapid it can be done uh, in a safe fashion. Um, uh, I know there are, uh, I'm one of those people, I have conditions that don't allow me to exercise, so I have my only diet weight, my diet, my weight loss options is through diet, so. Mm and I'm part of this show, and uh, I do some... Uh, the first part of the show is uh, basically just giving some information about how to do it, and then we actually cook a recipe on the show um, nice. to showcase, you know, that you can cook good food that will help you lose weight. Um, it, you know, it, it, it is a little bit... you know, Anybody who watches it, if you want to get into it, be prepared to do the work to do your weight loss, because that's really what it's about, is giving you the the steps to do the work and recipes that you'd like to try. <laughs> Very and nice. So I'll let everybody know when those start airing, and they're also being sent uh, to the Cooking Network. So hopefully it'll get picked up there too. So nice.
0: And then by the time you, um, by the time our listening audience hears this, um, of course this today will be uh, Saturday. Uh by the time you actually hear this, um, dropping Monday will be our interview or the horror show's interview uh with Grimm from Toxic Zombies, It's a local Portland band. Uh they've been around for a while, they've toured with a lot of big acts. Um their vocalist Grimm is uh promoting their new album, uh which drops April first. Hopefully if we survive by April first. Um uh for their album uh Going Viral. Uh and that should be a pretty good release. Um, and it's a digital release, too. Just go to Bandcamp.com or ban, or ToxicZombie.Bandcamp.com for uh, more information. Also, their uh, website, ToxicZombie.com. And um, later in the week, we'll also be um, airing our interview with um, songwriter, comedian Artemis Tree Frog, um, also from the Portland area, who was also a Rotten Corpse Entertainment alum. Uh, he had, he was featured in our "Camp Until You Die" movie, and yeah, that's basically all we got. And of course, uh, you know, the rest of uh, the corpse won't be at um, WizardCon, but we will definitely be at the Rose City Comic Con later this summer, um, as well
1: as uh, Fandom Fest, <coughs> you know, that's also coming to Portland. There is a possibility I might be at Comic Con uh, with Heather's booth. Uh, she gets a. A mm-hmm. Discount ticket for the whole event, which is only forty dollars. So, oh. um, I may uh, it, it, her your story discovered partner may take it. If not, I may take it. So, if I go, I'll bring back stories.
2: FYI yes. to those of you who do want to still go and get tickets, I do have a coupon for you guys. Y S D is David Wizcon eighteen. If you plug that in, when you get your ticket, you get a 10% discount, and 10% commission goes towards me.
0: Nice. <laughs>
2: so definitely, you know,
0: yep. use that. We need the money. <laughs> yeah, help support so. the show, help support Heather um, and your story discovered. And, and that is it for today. Um, thank you for joining us, and we
1: will see you next time. Hey. On the sci file.